ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. another episode of the championship roundtable podcast i'm your host james vickers you can reach us on the show on our twitter page which is at championship pod and you can also follow me on my personal twitter page which is at underscore james vickers hi i'm russ goldman the host of cottage talk which is a podcast all about foam football club you can follow me on twitter russ underscore goldman and also at the show's twitter account simply cottage talk Hi, I'm Rob Miles. I'm the editor of Tyke's Mad, long-suffering Barnsley FC supporter. You can find me at 21Tyke on Twitter or www.barnsley-mad.co.uk. Yeah, thank you for joining me today, guys. Uh, I'm especially glad when I get Russ on because it means I don't have to uh, take us through the rundown <laughs> of the uh, the results over the weekend. So I'll Thanks, pass it over to you, Russ. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're welcome. If, uh, yeah, if you want to give us a, a rundown of the results this weekend, then, then we can sort of jump into discussion about that. Absolutely. Well, let's start with Friday night because it actually involves my club, Fulham. Uh, they survived playing Sunderland. They won 2-1 to one at Craven Cottage. It was a nervy match, but they got the victory. Now we're going to transition. Let's talk about Saturday's matches. And unfortunately, now I have to mention the match that affects Fulham, which is uh, Cardiff on the road beating House City 2-0. Then you have Aston Villa and Derby uh, playing to a 1-1 draw. And then you have Barnsley with a very good victory, beating Brentford 2-0. Uh, after that, we have Burton beating Bolton 2-0. Norwich beats Leeds 2-1. Nottingham Forest and Bristol City play to a 0-0 draw. Now we have QPR beating Birmingham City 3-1. The shocker for me is Ipswich Town on the road beating Reading 4-0. You have Preston North End beating Sheffield United 1-0. Then you have uh, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Sheffield Wednesday playing to a nil-nil draw. And finally, later on on Saturday, you have Middlesbrough beating Millwall 2-0. Okay, guys, let's now talk about these matches. And, uh, James, I'm going to start with you. What was the best win for the weekend for you? Yeah, I think there's a couple that you could sort of highlight. I think it's easy to go to the the Ipswich game at Reading, you know, to go down there and win 4-0. Um, Ipswich, not a lot to play for. So, you know, especially surprising that they go down there, you know, put four goals past a Reading team that when Preston played them a few weeks ago were quite impressive, quite organised at the back. Um, and, you know, I didn't really see that one coming. If I was to have had a bet on that, I probably would have said that would have been a tight game and, you know, maybe a draw would be sort of the result that you'd look at. Um, the sort of the other real surprise for me, and I, I know this is great for you, Rob, the Barnsley result against Brentford. Yeah. And the thing that I've said with Brentford all season is, you know, sure they play 
arguably the best football in the division, but they're very hit and miss at times. And I think that was definitely highlighted yesterday where, you know, luckily for Barnsley, they can get three points on the board at this crucial stage of the season. But, you know, to go to Brentford, um, sort of their sort of season as a whole has been, you know, quite inconsistent. So that'd be sort of the main surprise result. Uh, the other one that I touch on and, you know, as from a bias point of view, um, it'd be the Preston win away at Sheffield United. We, for the most part this season, have been very good away from home. But over the last few weeks, we've struggled a little bit. And, you know, Sheffield United have proved time and time again this season that, you know, they do belong in the championship and they, you know, have turned themselves into a very competitive championship side. So to go there, get the win 1-0 and, you know, really keep our playoff sort of bid alive, albeit we need sort of a helping hand from Barnsley on the last day to beat Derby. You know, really impressed. Um, it wasn't the typical North End sort of performance that you've come to expect. It was quite a dogged and, you know, we ground out the result and, you know, there were bodies sort of on the line towards the end that it, it was a really nervy final 10 minutes. But I think definitely they're the three games that I'd pick up as sort of my games of the weekend. Um, I'd be interested to get your thoughts, Ross, if, if you agree with them or if you had any others that you'd sort of like to highlight. Well, for me, the best win, and it's going to kill me to say, has to be Cardiff City beating Hull City because they needed all three points. And that, to me, was the best win. They were under pressure because Fulham won their match Friday night and they got uh, all three points. They needed it. They were on the road and they got it done. But I would say co-best win. Definitely want want to talk a little bit more about the Barnsley victory. And and what's interesting about that, and uh, James, I think you did a very good job of talking about about uh, Brentford is that you never know what you're going to get with that team because they play us, they play us very hard, and uh, we we drew against them, but then they can lay these eggs, and uh, it's just it, it's very interesting. They're just not consistent enough. That's why they're not in the top six. They deserve to be where they are because it they lack that consistency. But that's a great victory from Bronsley. But for me, the surprise win has to be Ipswich Town beating uh, Reading uh, 4-0. That, to me, is, is the biggest surprise because I wasn't seeing that coming. So those are the matches that I look at. And in our match, it's funny because uh, on my show Cottage Talk, I'll just mention this quickly, I had on uh, a Sunderland supporter who I felt so bad for at the time. Again, we're going to be talking about Sunderland in a little bit. And he was so down, and I, an older gentleman. I felt so bad for him, and I, I asked him, you know, I, to give me a prediction. He was predicting three nil to Fulham, and uh, he just uh, he just wanted to keep it down, keep the score down, and he didn't see much of a chance of his side. And then of course, you know, uh, it's not how it went. And I want to give Sunderland a, a huge amount of credit. They played very well against Fulham, and Fulham had to do everything that they could just to get the two to one victory. So, Rob, over to you. How about your matches? Uh, yeah, well, obviously, it's probably a bit biased, but I think ours is probably the, the standout result. Um, I don't think anyone, even in Barnsley, expected us to win yesterday. Um, we, we sort of all accepted we were going down after Tuesday. That was like the big game for us at Nottingham Forest. It was our game in hand, which we everyone said we needed to win. There was no, no other result would have been good enough. We got outplayed, outfought. There was a chance for the manager to go. Uh, the players came over to applaud the fans at the end and we'll get him booed off. So I think there was sort of a, an acceptance on Saturday that we were, we were down. Even before the game, you could you could sort of see no one was really up for the game. 
they did the player of the year before and the guy that got it has only been with us since February, Ollie McBurney, won our fans player of the year. And he's been with us since the 3rd of February, which I think just shows the lack of sort of affection for the rest of the players. Um, and it was just the most surreal game. We, we, we outplayed Brentford. I thought they were very, very poor. Um, they're, they're a team that I admire greatly. I think as, as James said before, they probably do play the best football in the division and they I, I actually can't remember them having a shot on goal. We were we, we were excellent. It's I just want to know where that team's been for the past 44 games because what I've seen previously is is nothing like what they they, they produced on Saturday. We could have won four or five nil. Uh, Keith wow. and Wilmis wow. two, two open goals at two um, nil. Uh, and, and and the atmosphere as well. Once we got the first goal, there was sort of like oh oh wait a minute we we, we might be we might be doing something here. Um, but then there's always the, sort of the, the risk because the last couple of games we've, we've been leading at half time and then we have a really dodgy 10 minute spell after the after the break and we find ourselves 2-1 down so there's still anxiety around the ground but once once we got the second goal the, everybody was just together it was just an incredible atmosphere probably for me I think probably the best game I've been to this season for us in terms of you know just the, the atmosphere and, and at the end and, and now there's, there's some belief I, I don't think we're going to win at Derby I'll, I'll be totally honest I'm, I'm sorry for for all you that want us to, to beat Derby, but I, I can't see it. I, I, me you know, me especially. Yes, you especially, James, I know. They, they only need a point as well to confirm the playoffs. So I, as much as, a, as much as I think we need to win, I, I don't think we will. But yeah, definitely as is the standout game for me. But um, also Preston as well. To, to get three points at Sheffield United, that, that is a very, very tough place to go. I think there's only 30,000 there. Good point. Uh, on Saturday, it was a winner-take-all game. Whoever lost was going to be out of the race. So for Preston to go there and get that win, I think that's a that's a fantastic result. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. You know, before the game, I was quite nervous, and you know, <laughs> I've probably been used to it. But you know, over the years with Preston, I've taught myself not to get sort of my hopes up too much. But yeah, we were absolutely fantastic yesterday at doing the the basics and you know defending towards the end, and it was you know nervy final ten minutes, as I've already said. But you know, absolutely delighted that we we kept that sort of playoff push alive you know it is still a slim chance that we'll get in there and we do need sort of favours on the last day but you know I think any Preston fan would have taken that at the start of the season especially when we lost Simon Grayson on the first day of pre-season to go into the last game with uh, you know a chance at the playoffs sort of still there I think you know even the the most optimistic Preston fan you know couldn't have asked for much more Um I wanted just to ask you Russ obviously sure. you Fulham still in with a shout at the automatics. Um, how do you sort of see the last day going? Do you reckon that there is, you know, sort of a slim chance there, especially after the Reading result? Uh, obviously, they go to Cardiff, uh, you know, a team that I think for the most part this season, I've I've expected them to drop off. Similar to, well, actually, Reading last season, you know, there was always that sort of doubt in the back of your mind that, you know, they'll get found out eventually or they'll drop off. And, you know, credit to Neil Warnock. He might not be everyone's cup of tea, but he's he's really got them playing sort of the way he wants them to and they're grinding out results. Do you see you been able to catch them on the last day or, or do you think at the moment it is just a case of Fulham and Cardiff both win and they'll just beat you to automatics? It's a hard one. And uh, it's very hard to depend on Reading and uh, Reading knocked Fulham out of the playoffs last season, so now I'm depending on them to help me out, which is uh, crazy in itself. The one thing that I will say, and I, I am glad that you mentioned Cardiff. I, I want to give Cardiff full credit. I want to give Neil Warnock full credit. But 
guys, if I had to watch that team each and every week, I think I might just blow my head off. Uh, I, I've watched them the last several weeks, and they are difficult to watch. That's all I'm going to say. It, it's effective. It works. But that team is hard to watch. That's all I'm going to say on them. Team. Uh, typical. Uh, I typical completely agree with you. Yeah, they're just, again, it's long balls. It's it's waiting for you to make a mistake, which, again, is extremely effective. They score on set pieces. Great. Fantastic. But each and every week, I think uh, it's got to be hard to watch them because I'm having a hard time watching them. can imagine being a fan, but the fans are, are behind them, and they should be because this has been a wonderful season. I just personally just don't like the style, don't like Warnock. But they're in the driver's seat, so getting back to Fulham, to depend on Reading is going to be difficult. So Fulham can only do what they can do. My only hope, James, my only hope is the fact that Reading now is in a relegation battle, seriously, where they could get relegated. They need something from this match. My only hope is that they give it everything that they can to get the draw. Because if they get the draw, Fulham have a chance. And that's the way I'm looking at it. But I would put it 10%. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, same situation that, you know, all our teams find ourselves in going into the last day. You'd rather have your, your fate in your own hands than, than relying on other teams. But yeah, I think probably Cardiff might just have a bit too much for Reading. But, you know, you never know. You, you wouldn't have expected, as we mentioned earlier, Rob, you know, Barnsley to, to get that result against Brentford yesterday. Right. So anything's possible. And, you know, with everyone playing at the same time, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of twists and turns come Sunday. Um, and I'm sure the table will probably change. Yeah. you know countless times before the final whistles are blown at you know probably around the three o'clock mark um but uh obviously we touched on Fulham there and you know who's going to go up automatically I wanted to sort of first of all switch attention to the the final playoff place um obviously Derby and Preston the two teams that can still sneak in there from obviously my point of view I'd love Preston to get in there I, I've never sort of in my wildest dreams, expected us to have this good of a season and, you know, being contention going into the last game, as, uh, as I already mentioned, uh, sort of as, as two neutrals for it. Um, I know, obviously, Barnsley will need to do us a favour, Rob, and, you know, oh, yeah. I'm sure for your sake <laughs> that you're hoping that you get the win. Out of that sort of two teams going into the playoffs, who do you, first of all, expect to get into the playoffs? And then going off sort of the table as it is now, I think, you know, it's probably safe betting that that top six more than likely stay the same. How do you see the actual playoffs going as a whole and who do you think could be best placed to win it? Are you talking to me, James? I'm sorry. Uh, either or, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I do think that Derby will get a point like uh, Rob was talking about. That's that's a difficult situation for you to be in, James. Uh but like you said, anything can happen. We're talking about Fulham. It's the same exact thing. But if I were to put odds on it, I put Derby staying and, and the top six staying where they are. Now, this is just my thoughts on this because Fulham were in the playoffs last season. And, and if it falls the way that that it is, it would be Fulham playing Derby. And uh, nothing against Derby, but I feel decent about that matchup because I think we match up extremely well with them, the way they play compared to the way we play. And... Uh, the way I'm looking at it, this is from a Fulham perspective and the way I'm looking at the playoffs. If uh, Fulham get by Derby, I have full faith that they can win at Wembley Stadium because, one, they've learned from what happened last time around in the playoffs, and two, I think we are more built to play at Wembley Stadium the way the, 
the way the pitch is, how, how large the pitch is placed to our strengths, our passing game, and, and the fact that we have Mitrovic now, I like our chances. In fact, I think Fulham should be the favorites if they get by Darby County, if Darby County is the team that they end up playing. I like Fulham's chances to, to win autom- not win automatic promotion, obviously, win through the playoffs. That's the way I'm looking at it. But, but uh, yeah, any one of these teams could do it. Middlesbrough a team, I fear, too. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But I like Fulham's chances. Especially when Fulham will be owning Wembley soon, with the sounds of it. So, <laughs> yes, well, that's a that's a strong possibility. <laughs> Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, and the same question to you, Rob. How do you sort of see the, the playoffs going if the, the top six was to stay the same? Uh, if, if it was to stay as it is, I, I, can, I can see Fulham. I was thinking before, if, if, if Fulham do fail to finish second on, on Sunday... I can see them winning the playoffs, but if Cardiff slipped up, I don't think Cardiff would win the playoffs. So it's, I thought, look at your teams in there. I mean, Fulham to go, what, half a season undefeated in, in this division, it's yeah. such a tough, tough league. To, that is, that's nothing short of an incredible achievement. 23 games, half a season. Um, and they do look so much more equipped. They've got Mitrovic, was it 12 goals in 13 games? Right. That's what you need in this league. If you have a, the thing that gets you promoted in this league is Rob, a good he's, he's been the difference for the second yeah. half of the season. I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah, it's true. It's you know, if you've got even if you can see goals, if you've got a striker that can get you goals, you're going to get out of this league. And they just look so much more more equipped than than the others. You look at like Middlesbrough has been a bit rocky. Derby, you know, are on a bit of a bad run. I know they got the win um, midweek against Cardiff, but they're they're not really in form. Uh, well, I think Villa, you never know what you're going to get with Villa. One minute they could win 4-0, the next they could lose 4-0. So if it stays as it is, I think my money would be on Fulham. But okay. I hope it doesn't stay as it is. I hope Preston getting ahead of Derby, obviously. Can I just say one <laughs> thing about if Preston get in, James? I, I know exactly what you're going to say as well. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm very worried about if it's Preston because it's the matchup again. We're going back to the matchups. Your team matches up very well with Fulham and it would be a completely different kettle of fish for me. Uh, I have much respect for Preston North and the way they play, the way Alex Neal sets you up. It's a tougher matchup for Fulham, I think. Nothing against Derby County. I like Derby County. I like Andy and, and, and the Derby County supporters. But if I'm being honest and I look at the matchups, I know who matches up better against Fulham. That's Preston North End. Yeah, I think sort of out of the sort of the teams in the top six, I think even though obviously you came out on top at Deepdale and we sort of unfortunately got the draw down at Craven Cottage, which, you know, seems daft to say now considering where you are in the table. But, you know, that was a game we should have won until we, we gifted yeah. you the goal right at the end. I think Fulham are the team that, you know, even though they're on the best run in the league at the moment, is the team in the top six that we have looked sort of the best against. I think, as you said, yeah, we do match up quite well. The way we play kind of counters the way you play quite nicely. Right. And I think if if we did get into the playoffs, I think, um, you know, I'm already sick of the sight of Mitrovic, from, especially <laughs> when we played Newcastle last season and then Fulham this season um, after you'd signed him. I think, you know, I'd 
probably be even more sick of the sight of him, you know, come the end of those two legs. But I think even if we did sneak into the playoffs, uh, you know, obviously anything can happen in football. But I, I think we'd be the the biggest outsider in the playoffs. I don't think there'd be many bookmakers or, or sort of neutrals that'd give us much of a chance. But you know, football's not one on on paper; it's one on the pitch, no. and you know, you never know. But I think. Definitely, I agree with you, Rob. If, if uh, Cardiff come into the playoffs, I can't see them winning the playoffs. Um, if Fulham stay in the playoffs, I think they're the team to beat. And, you know, they've shown it over the the second half of the season. You know, momentum is key. And if you go into the playoffs, you know, on the back of this excellent run. Um, and I think as well, to, to agree with the point you made, Russ, that I think out of the four teams that are in there at the moment, that Wembley pitch, you know, would suit you down yeah. to the T. That's like the way Cesson I'm looking Young. at it. I think that's a huge factor if we get to Wembley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, players like Sessegnon, you know, there's more space for people like Kearney. Um, and I think, you know, you'd do fantastically well there. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask you, actually, I hadn't planned this, but obviously there's a lot of talk at the moment about the World Cup squad. And there's always, you know, tends to be a surprise name. We had Phil Walcott all those years ago got in there. Do you reckon Sessegnon could be in line for a, a call up to the World Cup squad? I know Gareth Southgate, sort of the system he played would suit Sessegnon quite well. Um, yeah. Not that I'd expect him to start, but if if he did go, you know, he's he's a player who can play multiple positions and, you know, he'd be a good player to have around the squad. And I think in future World Cups, he will be a player that's in there. Can you see him uh, getting a surprise call up and going to the World Cup? I would love to see it. I just don't know if he will do that. I'm talking about Gareth Southgate. I, w- I think that he's good enough. And, and that's crazy to say at his age. I think he's good enough to go right now. I've watched now two seasons of Ryan Session, and I've seen the growth of him as a player. I, I've mentioned to you several times that I see him better playing further up the pitch. He can play left back, so if you put him there, he's not going to hurt you. I just think he's more dangerous the closer he is to goal. And the thing about him is that uh, he will just pounce on any mistake that he sees. He's extremely instinctive. And I think in a World Cup atmosphere, he will not be afraid of the stage. And the stage is huge. This kid has huge confidence. So for me, he could walk in and just be the same player that I've seen right now. And I don't think he would be afraid of the moment. I think he would embrace it. And the funny thing about it is he's just waiting for a mistake and he will then just pounce. And he's just one of those players that is very good around the around the box. He's always lurking. You might not see him for 45, 50 minutes and asking yourself, where's Ryan Sessegnon? If you watched our match against Millwall and Millwall fans, and I've seen comments on it, they're like, well, we neutralized him in the first half. What happened in the beginning of the second half? He scores. That's Ryan Sessegnon. At such a young age, to have that talent, to be able to do that, he's only going to get better as he gets older, and he already has this instinct that is incredible to score goals. So, yes, I I hope that Gareth Southgate includes him, and I think he could actually help England, even at his young age. Yeah, definitely. I think if, you know, sort of looking down the people that could go, uh, I think he'd be definitely one that I'd, uh, you know, put in there. Even if he just went for the experience, I think, you know, definitely he's proven this season how good he is and how versatile he is down that left-hand side. So, yeah, definitely I'd uh, I'd take a risk on him and sort of see how it paid off. Um, but to go from the sort of the top half of the table down to the bottom, obviously um, turn our focus now to the relegation battle. And, 
I'll start with you first on this, uh, Rob. Obviously, I know you want Barnsley to stay <laughs> up and I, I want you to win as well, as we mentioned. So it allows yeah. Preston to hopefully get into the playoffs. With sort of the way it is as well, you know, Bolton, Burton, Barnsley, Birmingham, Reading, you know, all still can go down. There's only Sunderland who we'll get to in a bit who are, you know, down at the moment. How do you sort of see the the final few games down the bottom of the table or the final game, sorry, um, down at the bottom of the table going? And do you think that Barnsley will stay up or do you think that they're going to get dragged down into it? it I mean, it's it's so, so hard to call. There's, as you said, there's five teams all trying to avoid two spots. I don't know if that's that's even like ever happened before at, at this stage of the season. There's only Burton in any sort of form. I think they've won three in a row now and, and that can be so important at this stage of the season. But then there's only Bolton who are playing a team that doesn't have anything to play for. I think they've got Nottingham Forest. All the other teams are playing teams that have got something to play for. So you think, are they the favourites? Um, like I've said, even though I really want us to win, I'll be down there on Sunday. I fully expect us to lose. So for me, it's probably a case of hoping that Burton and Bolton also lose. I've, I've said that for the last few weeks that I don't. I never think we we're going to save ourselves. It was always going to be others that saved us. Um I can see Birmingham and Reading losing, but even then, for me, they're not my concern. Birmingham and Reading, they're above us. I'll, I'm happy if we finish 21st. You know, it's right. Burton and Bolton that are the, are the two main uh, concerns for me. Personally, I haven't got a clue how it's going to go. Uh, it's the last day of the season. It's chaos day. Absolutely anything can happen. I've been involved in this three times now. I went to Huddersfield a few years ago uh, when we stayed up in incredible scenes in the last minute. Um I mean, I, I can't say live on air that I expect us to go down. I, I can't. If I if I say that, I might as well not go to Derby next week. Um, so I'm going to say that us Bolton and Burton will all lose. Although I have a sneaky suspicion Bolton might win, but like I say, I can't say it out loud that I expect us to go down. I just think it's it's an it's really incredible quirk of the fixture computer that you know four of the five teams fighting to stay up and playing teams fighting to either go up or get in the playoffs. So it's it's going to be someday and it's going to be a long long week but um, if I stick my neck out there I'm going to say all those three lose which keeps us up on goal difference just yeah I think definitely you mentioned at the end there goal difference you know looking at the table at the moment you know you're there minus 21 on goal difference I think that Mm. is really going to play into your hands and especially with how tight it is that is almost worth another point in itself Obviously, Burton have got minus 42, so exactly double U. Bolton, minus 36. Birmingham, minus 32. There's only really Reading, who are minus 22, um, who already have that two-point cushion anyway, um, even though, you know, they're still right in the thick of things. So, I think definitely, I think Burton would be sort of the one, probably, that'd be sort of still in there. I think yeah. Bolton, as you said, have the sort of on paper easiest fixture um, against Nottingham Forest. But, you know, a, a team with sort of not much to play for uh, in Nottingham Forest, you know, can afford to come out and sort of really have a go and, you know, try and put on a show for the, the travelling fans. So, you know, that in itself won't be easy. Um, yeah, it's going to be... I should say at the start of the show, when you're saying about the, the result of the weekend, we should probably mention Burton because they had a massive... Six pointer against Bolton uh, on you know yesterday. We were in the same situation a couple of weeks ago. Where we had Bolton at home, and if we won, we dropped them into the relegation zone. We couldn't do it. So for Burton to do it, I think that's a, a pretty standout result as well. To in a game of that magnitude at home, all your fans wanting you to win. Uh, 
you know, I, they put, I thought they were down a few weeks. I think they lost 5-0 like at home to Hull. And for me, they were gone. So what they've done the last few weeks is, you know, very, very good. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, as you said, touch on that. Yeah, I've just got their uh, form guide up at the moment. And uh, yeah, as you said, you know, 10th of April, they got beat 5-0 at home to Hull City, which, you know, you wouldn't have blamed them, you know, thinking that they were down then. But, you know, credit to them the next game out um, four days later to go and beat Derby 3-1 yeah. at home. And then I think their sort of big turning point result was the the 2-1 against Sunderland um, last oh, weekend. Yeah. yeah, to go there, get, you know, a last minute winner, which sent Sunderland down absolutely massive for them. And it, it sort of pulled them back in content, into contention and, you know, then to go away to Bolton. And those last two games have been, you know, absolute massive six pointers against two teams that are around them. So they are the team that go into the final day sort of down the bottom with, you know, with the form on their side, you know, hopefully for Preston's sake, uh, we can beat them. They've got a sort of a difficult trip to travel to us, but you know, our home form this season has been so hit and miss that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. And I was saying this off air that, that Barnsley, you know, go and beat Derby to do us a favour and then, you know, we drop points at home to Burton, which would be absolute typical of our, our home form this season. We seem to really turn it on against the teams at the top of the table and seem to struggle to break down the teams that, you know, people would expect us to beat. Um, and I think that's been our sort of main problem all season and the reason why we'll probably just miss out on the playoffs. You know, 16 draws is the joint most in the division and, you know, even if we'd have turned one or two of those draws into wins, you know, we'd be in the playoffs now. So, I think definitely on paper it looks an easy game for Preston, but you know Burton have shown they beat Derby, um, Bolton and Sunderland over the last few weeks, so they're going to be no pushovers, and you know they're scrapping for their life. Um, the same question to you, Russ: How do you sort of see the bottom of the table going? Do you expect it to stay the same, or do you think that there's going to be plenty of twists and turns to come? I think it's going to stay the same, and the reason why, and uh, I'm going to say this to to Rob because um, I. Again, unfortunately, I've been watching a lot of Cardiff City matches, like I mentioned before. And one of them was against Nottingham Forest. And Nottingham Forest actually should have gotten something out of the match. I thought at times they were outplaying Cardiff City. But this is Cardiff City. This is what they do. Score goals on set pieces and make it difficult on you. But Nottingham Forest I, actually impressed me the way that they were playing. This is late in the season. They don't really have much to play for. I think that they're going to play with freedom. I saw this uh, with Sunderland. So, Rob, I like your chances of uh, Nottingham Forest doing a job for you against Bolton. So I think it's going to stay the same. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting going into that last game. Um, I think normally the focus is on the playoffs and there's, you know, more than one team that can still get in there. I think this year the focus is really going to be on that relegation battle. Um, And, you know, hopefully for your sake, Rob, you managed to to get that win against Derby and, and do manage to stay up. Um, but one team who, you know, already down and their season has been a complete disaster. Uh, there's no sort of nice way of sugarcoating it is, uh, is Sunderland. Obviously, uh, a few hours ago before we're recording this, they issued a statement that says that they've sacked Chris Coleman. And I think Chris Coleman, you know, came into, you know, a job where he couldn't really win, to be honest. You know, he came in after Grayson left and, you know, he kind of had his hands tied with with the squad he was working with. Um, and then as well today, they've announced that the club's been sold. Um, go to you first on this, Russ. 
<laughs> where to start really with Sunderland. How do yeah. you sort of see them adapting down in League One? Do you think they can, you know, have a rebuilding process in the summer and come straight back up, or, or what do you think the future holds for Sunderland? It's a great topic, and I'm going to explain why I think I can bring something to it. Um, I was speaking to Peter Sixsmith on Cottage Talk. He writes for Salute Sunderland, and we had a discussion about ownership, what went wrong. He basically, I'm paraphrasing, was blaming ownership for the issues that they've had, this uh, situation that's been going on for, for several years. It's, this isn't just one or two years. It, it, there's been a downturn for a while. And he told me that, uh, again, it was a, a rich owner, but at some point he made the decision really not to put any more money into Sunderland, but to keep them out of administration. He was still going to fund them just to keep them going and then was going to find a new owner. And now, obviously, we have a new owner. His biggest concern going down to League One, because I was telling him that I was hoping that they would bounce back and do what Wolves did. Maybe there's the potential that they go back down and then eventually they get back to the Premier League. And uh, he was concerned about the debt. Well, in the statement I read with the sale of Sunderland, the, uh, the former owner now has made that club debt free. So that gives them a huge leg up in League One. And uh, I actually like their chances of finding themselves, building around maybe a, a young nucleus. They do have some young players. And uh, finding their way back to the championship and then hopefully for their sake getting back to the Premier League. But they needed to go to the bottom of the barrel. They, I think they finally have hit it. I think they're going to be fine in League One and I think they're going to bounce back. And I think the news of, of uh, the change of ownership, I think, is massive for, for a club like Sunderland. They needed this. And I was reading a little bit about the new owners and what, you know, who they are. And uh, I think maybe they found the right ownership because they were. Uh, what I was reading is that the former owner was looking for the right ownership. I think maybe he found the right owners to, uh, to push uh, Sunderland in the right direction. So I do wish them the best. I, you know, and again, it's, it, it's been a tough year. If you listen to my interview with Peter Sixsmith, you, your heart would go out to him because he's, I think he said he's 67 years old. He's seen so much, and to see it go down like this has been difficult, and I could hear it in his voice. And uh, I'm actually rooting for Sunderland to bounce back f for him because I could just see the pain that he has been uh, dealing with following the club that he loves. So I think the combination of uh, changing of ownership getting rid of hopefully the players that don't want to be there, uh, we'll get them back to, uh, to the championship, the start the process of rebuilding. I, um, Peter, Peter, Peter was against them getting rid of Chris Coleman. So I'm just going to throw that out there. He, he, he wanted Chris Coleman to stay, but he had, had a feeling that, that maybe a new owner would want a new manager, which is understandable, but he was let go today. And, uh, that might be a little bit of a, of a mistake because I think Chris Coleman's a good manager, but we'll see. But I do think that Sunderland will bounce back. And uh, this might be, right right now it doesn't look good, but if I look at Wolves as an example, look look how far they came. They, they did the double drop, and now they're in great shape. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with every point you made there, Russ. I think, you know, it'd be good as well, obviously. Barnsley just been taken over to, obviously, ask you, Rob. How do you sort of see their new ownership group coming in and, and doing down in League One? And do you think that this can be the start of the, the rebuilding process for Sunderland to come back sort of 
better than they have been because I think you know this isn't a problem that's just happened overnight this season this has been you know probably four or five years in the making especially from their time in the Premier League you know the way they sort of fell off and uh, and it's just been sort of a gradual process really how do you sort of see them adapting down in League One and do you think they can come back up at the first time of asking? I think it's you know they've, they've sort of got that that stench haven't they of losing week after week and, and struggling you know even in the Premier League they were just staying up every of every season and when they did finally drop they've just sort of brought that into the championship I think first of all I've got to say you've got to feel really sorry for Chris Coleman um, you know I mean when you look at the situation he was in prior to taking charge there was a, a golden contract on the table from Wales the entire country was desperate for him to stay the players were coming out to the media begging him to stay but he said no you know I'm going to take this chance massive chance massive risk move to a club in a total mess that for me they were already down before they went in there you know, like I say, they've they've had this sort of stench of losing week after week long before he came in. Um, so to sack him now, I think, is really harsh. Obviously, these new owners want their own man, I presume, but it's it's not going to be an enviable task whoever does come in. Uh, I don't think they'll be fighting relegation again, I, I must say, but I don't think they're going to storm the division either. Um, I, you know, I, even though it's probably not sounding very optimistic, I think most Sunderland fans would, you know, take a you know, just a stress-free, comfortable mid-table season for once. But then, that second season, they would have to go up. So this, you know, they obviously feel that Chris Coleman's not the right guy to do that. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with them. But, um, you know, this next guy's got to be got to be a good good one. I mean, I can talk from experience of new owners, and it's so far, we've not had them that long, but so far it's not really worked for us. They brought in an unknown guy who, like I say on Tuesday, we were all chanting for him to be sacked. So that's when a time where it goes wrong. So it's um, I, I just feel for for Sunderland fans as well. You know, it's it must be an awful time for them. We've, we've probably all had it with our clubs over the years, where you know you get relegated. But it's um, it's a massive club as well. You know, if someone could turn that club around, you look a few years ago, about ten years ago, when Roy Keane went in there and, and got up from the Championship, and they brought about eight thousand fans to Oakwell. You know, there's so much potential in that club if they get it right. But it's going to be. It's I don't think they're going to come straight back up. Not at all. Yeah. I think this summer is, you know, probably one of the biggest they've had in sort of the last decade. It's, you know, vitally important that they do get it right this summer. You know, clear out, and I'm not sure who'd really want to buy them at the moment, but, you know, players like, and I, I can't believe he's on this much, like Jack Rodwell, who's not even turning up for training, yeah, and he's sat there collecting £70,000 a week. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous for a player that's, you know, at the start of his career promised quite a lot, um, and obviously injuries and that have hampered that, but, you know... <laughs> To pay someone about seventy thousand a week in the championship and a team that's gone down is is absolutely ludicrous. When you think that sort of to go to sort of from a Preston point of view, I think our highest earner he's on sort of ten fifteen thousand pounds a week, and you know look where we are compared to yeah. to where Sunderland are. You know it's it's worlds apart, and you know I think whether they're going to release them and or not get any money for them, I, you know, remains to be seen. But quite a lot of those players are on sort of long-term contracts where, you know, they're happy collecting, you know, their wage. And, you know, you can't blame them. They, you know, they were offered those contracts. But I yeah. think it's vitally important that they clear out that deadwood. And, and as you said, Rob, you know, they're, they're used to losing week in, week out. So, you know, there's quite a sort of a, a loser's mentality around the squad at the moment. And I think... To bring in a new manager, new players, you know, freshen it up over the summer. And then I think the real sort of key for them is going to be those first five or six games in League One. If they can get off to a winning start, 
you know, that'll put them in good stead for the rest of the season. But, you know, if, if they get obviously the fixture list is going to dictate it but if they start off with you know a difficult away trip for example and lose their first game you know it's going to you know set the tone with the fans that you know it's going to carry on how it has been so I think definitely this summer is one of the most important they've had in quite a while you know to get it right and and to get off to a good start next season is vitally important um but just before we wrap it up, obviously, one round of games to go. So for the final time this season, we'll preview our, our games for next week. Obviously, we all play Sunday at the same time, half past 12 kickoffs. Um, we'll start with you first, Russ. You go away to Birmingham City. Um, we've already talked about, you know, Cardiff's potential in the game against Reading. But sort of uh, to focus on the Fulham game, how do you see it going and, and what would be your score prediction for the game? Sure. Before I do that, I just want to mention one thing that's going on in the lead up to this match, you guys might not be aware of this. It's actually a, a pretty amazing feat that several uh, foam supporters are doing. They're doing a foam to Birmingham walk for the charity comp. And uh, it's a very good charity. I would recommend uh, you checking it out. It's it's for uh, men's mental health. So uh, it, it, it's a wonderful charity. And all of these foam supporters are, are going to be walking from Craven Cottage to Birmingham City. I mean, think about that. Think about how long that is. Yeah. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to all those guys if they're listening to the uh, championship roundtable because they they have so much praise for me for doing this and they're doing it for a wonderful cause. So I just want to mention that before I get my prediction on the match. Um, Fulham have now gone undefeated in uh, 23 matches, and uh, that is unbelievable to say. So I have a feeling that they're going to be able to do it one more time, and I think they're going to get all three points. They know what's on the line. And every time, pretty much, that they've uh, needed to do something, they've done something. Have they gotten some draws uh, along the way? Absolutely. In some of these London derbies, uh, it's happened that way. But more often than not, they get all three points. And uh, I am expecting that they're going to get all three points on the road. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I am going to predict a full victory, and we'll see what happens with uh, Cardiff City and Reading, I don't have a good feeling about it, but I think Fulham are going to go out the right way, meaning getting all three points. Yeah, and to switch across to you, Rob, obviously we touched on it a little bit, but you go away to Derby County, which you know is a tough place to go. How do you sort of see the game going, and, and what would be your score prediction for the game? Um, and just before we go into that, I just want to go back to Russ's point there about the the, the lads doing the walk. Uh, I, w- I work in uh, in mental health, so I also want to uh, give my support. And if if you can maybe uh, if you could tweet some info or something like that, I'd be happy to you know respond to them as well. You know, put some money into Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, to the game. Um, like I've said, I, I think we'll lose. You know, <laughs> we're just we're still brittle. We got that win against Brentford, but we're away from home, which we're not done very well away from home either this season. Um, I hate the fact that I mean I said I've done a few of these before these survival Sunday showdowns and you can never get any signal on your phone. I think they just shut down the stadiums, <laughs> so I, I probably won't be able to. I remember the last one I went to, I was getting texts like hours after the kickoff saying, "Oh, it's one nil here and two nil here." And I'm thinking the game's finished, so I don't expect to even find out what anyone else is doing. Um, we need to start well. I think if Derby score early, I think we're in trouble. I think it could be three four nil if, if we go behind early. Um, prediction I'm going to say 2 nil Derby sorry to you James I, I, I was real <laughs> pressed for going over Derby but I just I just can't see us winning I cannot see us when they only need a point as well 
uh, full house. You know, I think Derby getting like thirty thousand fans. It's going to be um, it's going to be a full house, and I think they'll have too much for us. But hopefully, Bolton and Burton also also fought as well. Um, but it's going to it's going to be an awful day. I, I I hate these days. I really I wish we was twelfth in the league. Last season was great. Finished fourteenth. Never know. We went to Newcastle on the last day. Sold out. Had a party. And now twelve months on, it's going to be a another gut wrenching day. I think, but fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we do it. Because uh, if you'd offer me this Friday night, I would have snapped your hand off. Because never in a million years, I think we'd, it would be in our hands now. So I think you know if you'd offered this to any of us on Friday, we'd have we'd have snapped your hands off. So at least we're still in that hunt. Yeah. Sort of likewise. I hope you uh, beat Derby. You know, from a Preston point of view, and I'm gutted's the wrong word. But I've planned a trip to Germany, so I won't be able to to go to the Burton game. Which you know, if we do manage to get the playoffs, I'll, I'll be gutted to sort of miss out on the the celebrations of that. But to sort of preview the game, I think you know, even though Burton, as we mentioned, have been on this this great run over the last few weeks, I think you know we should have enough uh, to get us over the line and get the three points against them. Um, you know, hopefully for for your sake, Rob, we can do you a favour and yeah. and and beat them so they don't catch up uh, sort of any ground on you. Um, yeah, I think we should have enough. If if we can't beat a team that's second bottom in the league, you know, we don't deserve to get into the playoffs. However slim that chance may be, still, but you know, I think it's a good opportunity for for the team to go out and put a show on for the fans. I'd expect it to be quite a full house with, you know, that potential to maybe get into the playoffs and with it being the last game in the season as well at home in front of our fans, you know, I'd expect it to be a good atmosphere and they've, they've been, you know, really good this season. I, I, I can't have any complaints, you know, sure. I'd like to get into the playoffs, but you know, if we don't, we don't and no complaints from me whatsoever. It's been a fantastic season for us. You know, players have really stepped up who over the last couple of years have just been sort of in and around the squad. Alan Brown sort of straight away springs to mind real breakthrough season for him. And, you know, if we can take that form into next season, add a couple of new players in, I think we've been one or two players short this season, which will probably see us just fall short. I think, you know, we'll have a great chance of, of getting the playoffs again next season. So not doom and gloom for me if we do miss out, you know, even though I'd love to get in the playoffs and, and see where that takes us. But, you know, no complaints whatsoever. I think we will have enough to beat Burton. And if I was to go for a score, I reckon we'll probably win maybe 2-0 or 3-1 by sort of a couple of goals and, you know, hopefully put on a bit of a show for the fans. Um, That'll do for me. Yeah. That'll do for me. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully you can do us a favour as well. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you two want to let everyone know where they can follow you and any projects that you're involved in, now would be a good time. Sure, I am Russ Golden, host of Cottage Talk, a podcast all about Fulham Football Club. You can follow me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman, and also go to the Twitter account for the show, Cottage Talk. And I'm Rob Miles. You can find me on Twitter at 21Tyke and my website is www.barnsley-mad.co.uk and fingers crossed this time next week I'll still be eligible to feature on the Championship podcast. Let's hope so, Rob. <laughs> yeah, and you can follow me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Uh, I tweet mainly about Preston North End and, and a few other bits and pieces as well, like German football. Uh, and more importantly, you can follow us on the show at Championship Pod and... You know, hopefully, even though we love having you on, Russ, hopefully 
you won't be eligible come this time next week. Um, um, and you've managed to get into the Premier League. Uh, which yeah, seems nothing a daft against thing you guys, but, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, nothing against you guys, but I would be all for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, we're out of time. Thank you for joining me today, guys. You know, I'm sure we'll... Uh, chat next week about how the fixtures go and I'm sure there'll be plenty of twists and turns to come but yeah as always it's been a pleasure having you on and we'll see you next time ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.